Welcome everyone to today's episode of Screen Blend. You're joined by your regular host, Jack Mason, and me, Will Cutts, as we have a quick look into the latest movie news, TV and games. Sony have done a great thing and are giving heaps of money to indie developers and also are releasing the Uncharted series. But the main topic of today's episode is a deep dive into the Mission Impossible series. Cue intro music. Mace, get off your phone, man. The podcast no, no, is sorry, starting. Cassie. The <laughs> podcast is starting, Mace. We've started I'm the up, podcast. I'm up. I'm just and up everyone, my notes. episode okay. four of Screen Blend, we're here. I'm leaving that in 100%. Mace, you've got to be ready for the pod. We're going. We're moving. I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's go. It's I've episode had my coffee again. Let's go. Let's do we're, it. We're into the pod. Everyone, welcome again to the Screen Blend podcast, uh, where we discuss everything movie, TV, and games. I'm joined by my regular co-host, and one of my closest friends, Jack Mason. You're all good, mate. You're all up and about and ready to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm ready to go. And yeah, don't worry, do I am leaving in the part where I'm telling you to get off your phone because we're recording the podcast now. So yeah, again, yeah, everyone, I'm hoping everyone who is listening right now is as well as possible and dealing with life as it is. Uh, as you would have heard at the start before we went into a beautiful little bit of music, uh, today we're looking at Mission Impossible uh, and the franchise. And so we will we'll be discussing that after we go through our regular segments at the start, like the news. And if you want to get in contact with us, where do you get in contact with you first, Mace, personally yourself? Um, well, you've got the Jackie Boys 22 on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And you've also got, uh, you can email us at screenblend.net as well. Did, didn't you change your Twitter? Did you change your Twitter in the end or not? Oh, I did. I actually, I take that back. I actually See, did I told change you. it. You did. You changed yeah. it. So I'm so same. used to it now. Yeah. yeah, it's Jack underscore Mason 22. Perfect. That's you on Twitter get on and it. on Instagram and I'm Will Be Cuts. Or as Jack also said, you can get in contact with us at ScreenBlend. Uh, make sure you keep sending through your MCU top fives. Again, grab that screenshot uh, on our Instagram and then send them through, tag us into it and we'll keep posting those up there. We're on TikTok now, so we're slowly putting some things on for that. Again, how and that application uh, works, I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> Uh, I think at the moment our content's probably not what people are wanting. Maybe we have to start dancing. I'm not 100% sure. And I, can, you, I can do that. You can do that, Mace. And yeah. again, on the website at screenblend.net for your latest news and some more rankings, etc. So, Mace, uh, we'll slide straight into the news. We've got probably a couple more things to talk about uh, as there's stuff still going on in the world that people yeah. are, are throwing out there. So, you come to us with the news and I'll, I'll chime in with a couple of things also. But you get us started. Yeah. Insert news yeah, so, now. <laughs> so first up with the news, um, James Gunn has assured fans that Suicide Squad and Guardians of the Galaxy 3 will not be delayed, mm-hmm. regardless of all the coronavirus, you know, things going on. So he's just assured fans that Suicide Squad um, luckily knew about the corona as they were finishing filming. So they've gone straight to the editing room and working from home. So that was still, still going for the same release date. And Guardians, with it being next year, he's yeah. hoping that that release date will also stay. I think, as we can see, those those movies, again, whether they get released with how the world is is looking, I'm hoping at least, as James has said, they're in the editing room now for at least Suicide Squad, and they can they can finish that off. Again, how yeah. the entertainment industry looks, and whether we can go to the cinemas to watch these things in 12 months' time. Let's hope. Let's, let's really hope that we can do that. But at least they can get those finished. I think it's worse for these movies at the moment 
that were, let's say, between 0% and 25% filmed because whether you just start filming the whole thing again. And there's going to be a lot of, I think, in the next 12 months, we're going to find actors in a lot of those types of movies uh, will have clashed with their timings. So yeah, yeah. drop in, yeah. drop out. Hey, where are we going to have more Henry Cavill mustache problems? With <laughs> but it, it is a, yeah, you know, you're right. I watched, we might actually. I watched some stuff on the fan fan stick last night. Just some some funny videos and looking into that, and just all the wig problems, etc. With that movie again, that was a horrendous movie. But similar sort of stuff is we're going to find moments where actors plan their schedules out for like four or five years, really, or give or take ideas mm. of what's going on in there. Uh, their lives and now things will clash so it's yeah. going to be an interesting it's same with directors same for someone like a james gunn because uh, yeah, contractual how obligations and everything yeah it could get very messy mm. so yeah that's uh so it's good to at least know that they're on track with suicide squad yeah yeah but um in other news good news in terms if you're a gamer yeah. um assassin's creed 2 is free on the ubisoft, ubisoft store mm-hmm. um from now from today yeah and Sony's hoping with uh, indie developments and giving giving twenty million dollars yep. um, to certain studios to help with their game development. And uh, Sony's also giving out the Uncharted Collection and Journey, which is a little indie game that came out about five years ago, all free from today up until uh, uh, May fifth. Mm. So my thing with that is, I had a mate from work yesterday message me and was like, "Oh, uh, is." Uncharted worth it? Is Uncharted good? And I was like, yeah, 100%. Like, you've got to get Uncharted. Like, it's great. So, kind of awkward uh, for Timbo now. He just spent <laughs> a lot of money. Well, it wasn't a lot of money, but spent some cash on yeah. buying the games. Again, is that the... I'm guessing after that fifth, the, you won't be able to keep the game, I'm guessing. so No, that's the thing. They're giving Uncharted Collection. It's not just a PlayStation Plus exclusive. They're giving Uncharted Collection and Journey free forever. Free forever? Permanent download. Yeah. Oh, so I was thinking. Yeah. Sorry, I should have done From what I've read, yeah, I'm very sure that's a permanent. Okay, thing. that's interesting because yeah, now I really feel for Timbo. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, that's that's unreal. But I think there's a lot of those older games now. Part of me uh, that you could be doing that sort of similar stuff now. And what? How, how many people are buying that game relative? Uh, in yeah, that I mean, way? It, so, yeah. that's the thing because I mean a lot of them you know what Uncharted came out 2007, 2009, 2011 yeah. for all those three releases and yeah. since then they've been remastered what six years now uh, yeah so it's been a while as well since the remasters so I don't think you know they're getting a whole lot of purchases so no. why not I would have liked to say I think the free download is obviously unreal and they've they're putting mm. like you said the 20 million dollars uh is that that's Australian isn't it 20 million or how are we going with that? Uh, I, be- Ooh, I believe that's American. Okay, cool. It's just um, checking there. But, you know, I think it's good. It's an unreal way to do it. And it's making sure, I- I'm guessing maybe even a lot of people have been sitting at home looking. And I-, and I swear they could probably see those numbers anyway of how many people go onto the page, look oh, at the sure. price and go, oh, no, nah, I don't want that now. So now it's free. I'm sure more people will jump on it. And yeah, then yeah. I think more games could do that. I'm surprised again, you had to keep it forever. I thought it would have been, you get to play them for, where are we looking now? Two or three weeks, and then the game, uh, you have to yeah. then pay for it from there. But no, that's unreal. I think well done to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, the multiplayer aspect has been taken away from the remasters, unfortunately, because yeah. I love, I remember oh, playing yeah, it too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the multiplayer was really good too. But these are just the single player experiences, yeah. but still bloody amazing games. I think some of, some of the played. best, uh, I think games now, and this is for a whole nother topic, because uh, I want to talk about this in a number of like sports games too. 
is now everything is so online focused. I think studios have missed the great story. And I think those uncharted ones were some of the best story. And that's probably what Naughty Dog does, does best is story-based content. And they're sort of, um, I wish I could, and this is what I said to, to my mate yesterday. I was like, I wish I could experience uncharted one for the first time again. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and I might download it now just because you can, and I might play it at night one night and just go, you know, I'm just going to give it a shot. But I wish I could experience that again because it's just so much fun with that first one. I remember also lending, think of those days, Jack, when we were lending (laughs) three games to mates and go, oh yeah, play it like it's unreal. So no, I think great. Those games are uh, an outstanding masterpiece. And uh, are they planning on doing a fifth one or is that sort of off off the cards now? Um, without giving spoilers, the fourth, as you know, ended really well with the epilogue. So I don't think so. I mean, Naughty Dog's um, director um, has said that, you know, it will never be off the table. Yeah. There'll always be money in the franchise. Oh, yeah. But for the time being, the franchise is kind of, you know, on hold. Okay. Cool. Or finished. No, I think, yeah, there's probably a chance that in the end, we all know they can do a prequel or an in-between call or something just to pick up somewhere <laughs> because like, like you say, they need money. But I do appreciate the fact compared to like an Assassin's Creed where I feel like the mechanics in a lot of games are very similar and they've just changed the skins to a lot of it, that these games are really well thought out because they could make one of these every two years and it would sell. But they oh, yeah. sure it's, it's the best product they can, they can possibly push out. And obviously not all parts are amazing, but I, I think the games are, are outstanding. Probably spoken a little bit too much about this, but I'm... Um, I'm sure there's an element where we can look into this again and have some oh, sure. dive into the Uncharted series, especially pre-movie, uh, whenever that comes out, like 2025 or something. Um, <laughs> so, Jack, what else is in the news? Um, in terms of the news, um, that's kind of all for now. We've also got um, a small bit of news with the new Trolls movie. Yeah. And how that's actually broken some records. It shattered the video on demand records with the new uh, Trolls World Tour. Can't say I'm a fan, but that shows, you know, that's pretty big news. And it might kind of set a trend for what other movies plan to do. Yeah, I think uh, I was trying to do a little bit more research into, into this a little bit. Um, and how, how a lot of these movies already, though, uh, have to be released in cinema uh, as a part of their agreements. So I'm not sure which ones will go to that on demand. I think once they're in studio, but I know a lot of the uh, independent or movies made uh, outside of studio and then the studio buys, buys the rights to them, they have to be released in, in cinema in, in some way, shape or form. So soon though, whether cinemas will be here in 12 months, that's a whole other discussion that I'm trying to not read too much on because then it'll make me too sad. Uh, but I, th- I think that's a, that's a, yeah. Some of these kids, I think this is the time though for people to be releasing kids movies uh, on those, yeah. on those streaming services because straight up everyone's at home as we know, and they're going to get multiple, multiple, multiple downloads and rewatches. So you can see it yeah. there and that's why they're smashing the box office. Um, kids have that knack and the ability to rewatch the same movie three times in a, in a day if they wanted to. Yeah, so it's worth almost the purchase instead of even just renting it out. Just exactly. buy, you know, onward for the kids and yeah. there's your six months quarantine, you know. Um, uh, one thing I wanted to chat about, Jack, before we move into Mission Impossible, I got one or two things here. Is If anyone yeah. has seen, uh, I got you to watch it just before and I feel like it's sort of slid under the radar. This might be a couple of days ago now, maybe even a week. 
when it was the first sort of video was released of Ezra Miller, uh, obviously from, I'm not even going to say the fame, but is the Flash in the DC mm. Cinematic Universe, yeah. uh, in the uh, Fantastic Beasts series, been in a number of other of, yes, mm. a number of sort of teen dramas, etc. There is a video that's up on uh, Twitter uh, at the moment that you can go and have a look at. Just again, simply search Ezra Miller, where he seems, and this is allegedly for all, all reports, again, to have strangled a fan or someone from a bar. Now, the first point to this, what I'm a little bit like, okay. I think it was in Norway. So I, I think their, their coronavirus, uh, what the word I'm looking for, restrictions may it's, not be as strict as, no, they're not. We are, no, they're not. as we are here in Australia no. or in America. So I know, first of all, a lot of people are like, why the hell are you out at a pub, etc." I think they're completely different to, yeah. to us. So again, that's yeah. why he was out at this point. But I know majority of the world is, is shut down compared to that. So... The first part was people were having a go in there. It's like, well, maybe that's why he's over there at the moment or he's been living there for, for a bit of time. But he seems to strangle a fan and pick a girl up by the neck and, and take her to the ground. Now, whether this is fun or, or not, the first thing I just want to say to celebrities, and we're not celebrities, and this is like anyone in any situation in life, because especially with social media now, anything can maybe come back to haunt you, is just don't do dumb shit. Like, mm. that's... Simple. Uh, I, I had this sort of motto with some of the kids that I coach when we were over at an international tournament. I was like to them, just don't do dumb shit. That's my thing is just think about it. And if I'm doing something, is it dumb? Is it dumb? Don't do it. So yeah. these actors with, with phones, et cetera, don't, he's also not just, he, Ezra Miller is a different looking guy. So it's not like you can go, Oh, is that him? Or is it not? Everyone's like, that's him. You can hear his voice. Yeah, yeah. So don't do dumb stuff. Now, Jack, if you're Warner brothers, now, again, he's not the lead, but he's a main character in the Fantastic Beasts series. He's a main character in this DC Cinematic Universe. Now there's been The Flash has gone through three or four different incarnations. What was Justice League out in 2016 or 17? Uh, 17. 17. So it's four years ago since now, basically three or four years since his last portrayal of The Flash. It's actually yeah. a bit of time now. So again, this is not a DC deep dive and, and looking into that. But with obviously a number of characters changing in that, the actors, do they keep Ezra Miller with something like this? With all the directorial mm -hmm. changes and the stories of him wanting to have right, rights to scripts, etc. Where do you go from this if you're Warner Brothers, just quickly? Well, it's a tough one, especially with, you know, the new Flash, you know, kind of in production, you know, yeah. at some stage, you know, with that coming up on the horizon. As Warner Brothers, I would be thinking well, you know, this has happened before with other celebrities who have kind of lost it and shown really aggressive behaviour. They've lost movie deals, sponsorships. So if this does story does get any bigger, I think because it's come out, like you said, during the quarantine time, it might be overlooked a little bit. But if this does get any bigger, I think they'll be taking some pretty serious measures. Because even after he choked the girl, he threatened the people who were filming. He said, yeah. do you want to fight or something like yeah. that? So he was clearly, clearly quite aggressive, not just on the girl, but just in general. So I would be, I would definitely be just following up on this as, as a person at Warner Brothers and just to see, you know, whether if, yeah, if anything else can be investigated. I think you sort of forget sometimes too is Ezra Miller, I'm just doing a little bit of a search into him here. He's our way. He's, like, he's only a year older than us. Uh, mm. So he's only 27. I always feel like he's sort of been around for a little bit more. And he was a bit of a child, childhood actor. So you, these guys are in the limelight very quickly. 
as as young actors and and he maybe not has the the best background around him this is all allegedly i'm not 100 percent sure but especially in this time what he's doing right now is not great some of the other stuff that's been going on he's he's probably also thinks he's probably a bit more big big for his boots and that's easy for us to say around behind two webcams uh mm -hmm. talking about movies where none of us have acted but I would think you're looking at him in a flash movie and you go, you know what? I just want to be in a flash movie. Get me in as this character, whatever scripts are coming up. I want to do where he's standing now stating, I want to write the scripts, et cetera. It's like, come on buddy. So yeah, I, I think the flash movie is going to get made no matter what. There's reports on that in the last couple of hours, whether it's with him or without him, where we will have to, we'll have to wait. And yeah. see. now last thing in the news before we jump into our, our mission impossible is, Tiger King, did you end up watching the special additional episode? No, was it episode eight or something? No, episode I didn't. Eight. I didn't. Oh my bloody God. The worst bit of TV. Now, when you think cash grab, that is now what I'm going to uh, relate to episode eight of Tiger King. So they've gone That's and got, what's his bloody name? What's the main guy from Community again? Um, community. Um, uh, Jason, what's McCullough? Uh, no, we are looking at, I've just forgot the name. Uh, Joel McHale. Oh, Joel, so, yes, yes. Joel yeah. McHale. So he even says that this is the biggest cash grab ever. And like, he'll take any job that comes to him. So he's sitting at home on a Zoom, on a Zoom call, effectively, talking to everyone who was like the B, C grade characters in the show. So none of the uh, main three come on. Obviously, one's in jail, the other one, no, like the other two. So... All of them got given, it looks like an iPhone or an iPad and some AirPods. So that was like a shameless plug. And yeah. it's just like an interview. It's like eight separate interviews. So and very last minute to get oh, up on the hype. So last minute with the hype. Mm. Just mm. Catch, catching up with them all after the release. And I'm like, this is just an interview. Like I was watching <laughs> it. I'm like, I want to go through the whole thing because maybe there's a surprise or some shit. But they're all so clearly told what to say whether it's from their own people, whether their own lawyers, et cetera. I was just like, really guys? And how much were those guys paid also? So, and I think anyway, they were just paid a iPhone and some AirPods, but you never know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So interesting. Just wanted, I just wanted to discuss that quickly because I thought it was the biggest cash grab I've seen in a very long time. And it was marketed as something else, but I'm like, you've got to got Joel McHale. Like, where's your budget really? No offense to Joel. Yeah. He's not that much in the limelight now. It's not like you say community was just finishing or you've gone and got someone else, but he, he yeah. does play on that kind of well because he's just like, I'll take any job at the moment. I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Really take any jobs. So it's no, it's a, a decent, uh, decent sort of, it's decent, but it's not what I think everyone was, was wanting. So so would you recommend it then? Or would you kind of just say, watch the first seven and leave watch eight? The watch the first seven. And I'm sure in the end, they could have been separate interviews or whatever. They could have just been, I honestly think it was like, a. it should have been called bonus feature. Like you would used to get on your DVD. Yeah, yeah. Go in like, here's some interviews. Whereas they put it as episode eight. I'm like, this isn't an episode. And I don't even mm. think, I think it's just done by Netflix. So not a, by the, the other producers. Because I would have probably preferred that, whether it was the producers or something. But yeah. It is what it is. So I think in the end, if yeah. anyone has any uh, news or uh, comments regarding the news, again, get in contact with us. We'll put up a couple of different yeah. things on the stories uh, on our various social media platforms. But we're moving into Mission Impossible now, Mace. A yes. series that has ebbed and flowed and changed a lot. And we're just sort of just going to chat about it 
because there are six movies with a couple more in production right now. And the first thing that I, I made a note of, again, and we're just chatting before off camera or on camera, but off record, this series has gone from 96, so when we were three. Well, before we even get there, Will, we should also say that it was based off the television series from 1966, yeah. which ran for seven seasons and revived for two extra seasons in 1988. Mm. And then following that, uh, nine years later, then the first yeah, Tom Cruise movie went into production. Sorry, uh, carry on. You're no, doing no, a great th job. <laughs> thanks, Jack. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a, a series that has gone, like I said, from 96 now to, to present day, over six films with, with two more coming. And just the way it's sort of Tom Cruise, and you've seen Tom Cruise's progression throughout them as, as an actor, and this series progression in different themes, I think massively. I just want to start off with, with a couple of things and then we can sort of break down into movies. And I think it's more what we sort of love and, and the story of it because I've, I've rewatched one and two over the years. And for me, they're different sorts of movies than three, four, five, and six. And mm. I don't know, I don't know whether that's again regarding how cinema has changed. Cause I think you see from this from 96 to now, you see how action cinema changes from sort of like the goofy mask reveals back in the nineties, we're like, oh wow, like this is this is like it's kind of cool also. Yeah. And like the action set set pieces I thought were quite good in those earlier ones. But now we look at all the practical effects and how CG but has sort of enhanced movies. But then you see Tom still wanting to do all his own stunts. Yeah, and that's what makes the franchises. What is the first tick? And we've seen other Tom Cruise movies, your Jack Reaches, is it uh, those types of movies have tried to jump on to the Mission Impossible sort of idea around like, well, if we get Tom Cruise in and we sort of market this as like a Mission Impossible movie. We've got our it, franchise. You know, people yeah. will come. Now, the problem is they don't. It seems to be, and this is another podcast that I want, to, want us to discuss at a, at a later date, but the action hero, I think Mission Impossible and Tom Cruise come together as one. It's mm, this mm. beautiful sort of synergy between him and with his actors that come around. They know the roles they're playing. And then they push at each movie. But we then go Tom Cruise in another action series that tries to be, it just doesn't seem to mesh and work, whether it's directors or story or the effort they want to put in. But where, where does the Mission Impossible series for you, Jack, sit in, in your sort of excitement for cinema and your uh, rewatchability? And, and what do you think, firstly, of the Mission Impossible series? I love it. I personally, back in the day, um, my first one like you was seeing Mission Impossible 3 in the cinema yeah. back in 06. Yeah. So I hadn't seen one or two up until that stage. But as soon as I saw number three, I was like, this is an awesome franchise. Yeah. You know, it takes, you know, some of that stuff from Bond and spy franchises and it makes it its own thing. Yeah. And I think with Tom Cruise, you know, doing a bit of direction, a um, bit of producing as well as, as the series as a whole, I think he's quite close with the character. Yeah. And yeah, so he, that it's kind of his thing. Like when you say Mission Impossible, you think Tom Cruise, uh, but I love it. And as they keep on progressing, you know, I love Ghost Protocol, Rogue Nation, yeah. um, Fallout. I think the action just keeps getting better as it goes along. And my excitement gains for the next one. Yeah. Uh, the, thing, the, the big thing for me, and I've just got a couple of, again, my beautiful dot points. For, for our visual, uh, sorry, our audio listeners can't see. I was just jotting down some things. It's, it's the first couple of things that come to me with Mission Impossible. 
the theme for me is one of the best sort of action themes that I feel like really spine tingling. And when, when you're in the cinema and how the cold open sort of all of them start with an open and then go into the theme and sort of how it's connected uh, with an open action set piece with um, Ethan Hunt. And then the next, so for, for me, I, I love that, especially in the last couple, it's sort of, it builds and builds and builds. And then you, you get that coming through and, and you really feel it. And I think anytime you hear that theme through the movie, in the different subtleties to the way the composers sort of pull it, it really gets you off your seat sort of, and you, you're yeah. really excited. Now, the other thing for me is the real stunts. And I wanted to, as we're going to always do our rankings of the movies, also wanted to sort of rank the stunts, but I feel like it's nearly too hard to have a go at Tom and go, this one's the best one. And this one's like the fifth best stunt because straight up for me, I was thinking, Again, especially in Fallout, you've got the helicopter scene in yes, any way yeah, that he's on one, one string yeah. and he drops like he's an idiot, but he's also unreal. Aeroplane one in Rogue Nation uh, on the side of the plane. Now, again, he's harnessed in with three or four uh, strings, but it's still him going up as a plane is taking off at full speed. Ridiculous yeah. on the yeah. outside. Underwater scene also in Rogue Nation where he's underwater for three minutes and that was all filmed like he could end up staying underwater for six minutes. Now, again, there's cuts and things, but I'm not 100% sure whether they did cut or that is actually just how... Um, Tom Cruise, yeah, uh, he probably managed it. Yeah, yeah do it himself. So I think the real stunts for me, and again, I'm missing multiple because, again, he's on a, oh, bike. Yeah, yeah. He's on a bike all the time uh, without a helmet and he's running and jumping. Again, the key moment in Fallout when he breaks his foot and you can see it and they kept that... Uh, they kept it in, yeah. Yeah, they kept it in and you see him running and jumping. Now, the thing to Tom Cruise in these movies is, like you said before, he's a producer. He wants realism. And I think in today's day and age, so many people would easily just go, you know what? Okay, I'm going to run. And as I jump, I'm stopping. We cut to behind to have my stuntman. Stunt guy come in, yeah. 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 Whereas when you keep it on a side on frame and you see Tom Cruise run and jump. Now, again, he's just jumping over three meters. And he has to land. Now, again, below that, it's not actual a skyscraper building, I'm guessing. Now, maybe with Tom, it bloody is. But there's yeah. padding and stuff below, so he's not going to fall to his death. But he's still jumping across something that makes it look like it's real as possible. So that's what I give Tom so much credit into this because it makes you, when you sit there and you're watching, you feel like you're actually there and it is real. I think too many movies in today's mm. day and age will automatically, especially in punching scenes and fight sequences, we'll go, okay, we're straight away cutting to behind the leads and we're just going to have stuntmen go and do it. Whereas I feel like Tom, especially in the fifth one and going into six with Rebecca Ferguson, and we'll talk about highlights of the series. I think once she came in, there's a massive highlight. And once she started to do her own stunts too, that was unreal. Now, the final thing that I love about this is the twists. Now, there's always yeah. sort of twists in it and, and we can discuss this more... But I feel like the twist is always the first time when you're watching with what it is with the IMF, you don't know who to trust. And you're like, well, I know he's the bad guy. 100% he's the bad guy. And then halfway through, you're like, he's not the bad guy. But no, he is the bad guy. And, and even like little things like that for me are just, are just great. And that's why I, I do love this series. And it's, it's a perfect one. You can just pick up with other people that have maybe never watched them before. And you go, boom, here we are but it jumps in straight away and it follows a series, but you can also watch one randomly 
and you get a full cohesive story. So yeah. yeah. What are your couple of things if I haven't um, touched on those before? Um, well, I've watched the first two in the last two, in the last two nights. And like you said as well, three, four, five and six do have, they kind of go into a bit of different territory. Yeah. First is, you know, setting the scene, you know, Cruz is still yeah. quite a big figure in 96. Yeah. Um, but it's the way it's filmed. It's a bit slower. It still has, you know, the classic, you know, things, um, you know, like he's got to install his identity as he goes through the gate. Yeah. So, you know, as soon as he gets through, you know, he can get through the door. It's, you know, it starts all those kind of, you know, the face yeah. masks, not that in the first one. Um, and it's, you know, first stunts in the first one where he's running away from the fish tank yeah. when it explodes. That's his very first, you know, I'll try a stunt. Yeah. yeah. Um, so am I boring you, mate? Um, no, 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 I'm intrigued. No. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think, and number two goes for a bit of, you know, stylized, try, try to make Tom Cruise really look, you know, really cool, you know, sign of the year 2000. But no, overall, I think, yeah, they're all, yeah, really good. And we'll go into a bit more of discussion in a minute. So I think, as you sort of said then, three sort of changes the series with JJ Abrams coming in to, mm. to direct that. And it, it pushes it in, a, in another sort of direction. And that's sort of, like you said, the number two with 2000 is very a 2000 movie. Whereas mm. number six is you're sort of pushing with the way it's directed and the way it changes and the flashbacks, flash forwards, however it works. That feels very 2006 to me, that movie. Even when I was just watching sort of some, some pieces of it pre previously in the last couple of days ago, this for me reminds me very 2006 as a movie mm. mix of practical stunts but i also like the aspect of of these movies how i think the one thing i always remember when you're a kid when you're writing stories is your teacher and people always tell you like don't go to too many set pieces like you know like try and yeah. have your story in one or two set pieces whereas this year i think it pulls off so well we're going to five or six different locations in every movie and there's a valid reason for going there mm. and you sort of go, because some stories are like, why are we here? Why are we there? And you understand with these people that they can get from country to country very quickly. And we don't need to see it. We just expect them to get onto planes and use their disguises and their throat. And, and that's mm. what I, and that's what I love. And, and the, I, I think this is probably very harsh on some of the Bond movies. I feel like this is sort of taken the elements of James Bond with the weird gadgets and, things from like the 60s 70s and 80s and put it into a, a semi-modern context whereas bond lately has gone very serious without all the sort of gadgets what i feel like are very resonate with james bond in a way too yeah like this yeah. imf with the masks and i think that's probably one of the first series that really pulls it off no, yes and it yeah. um but even just some of the weird gadgets and the things that they have in like benji uses and especially in the fourth one with the um, when they're at the Kremlin and they've got that, the sheet that's like a mirror or like a see-through that bounces oh, yes. the light off. Yeah. And I think when you think about stunts or scenes, those sort of little ones go missing. But for me, I'm like, that's an unreal scene. Like, that's a great scene. Yeah. And I feel like that's a, like a James Bond thing that really should be sort of a little bit Bondy. But they've sort of gone an ultra-realistic route in the last couple of movies. Whereas this has meshed the realism of today's world and the seriousness of, you know, a missile going to land in New York, but also yeah. added the sort of weirder elements and gadgets of what we kind of expect yeah. from like a sixties and eighties 
action movie or action movie or TV series. Um, yeah, I mean, all the tech is realistic tech in a way. Like yeah. it's all almost all the tech they have in the movies is not quite here in the year you're watching it, watching, yeah. but it could easily be available in five years. Yeah. Well, um, I also like, think the weirdest thing is maybe it is available and we just don't know. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> maybe that too. Yeah. But when you sort of put the connection in, like, the reason why I love this series, and I know we're sort of just wafting before we get we get into sort of individual movies and what we think makes them great, is the gadgets feel real. Like we we said, compare that to like a Fast and the Furious, where you're like, oh, here we go. Like they can they can connect to every car. It's like really, guys, like just think this through a little bit. Whereas I feel like these Mission Impossible stunts and gadgets feel like you said an element of realism uh, to them and and how the the series sort of moves and with the gadgets but then it pushes us into straight hand-to-hand combat and realistic action uh, driving chases and bike chases and and real human elements also what what Mm -hmm. i think are great a couple of things i wanted to just touch on before we move on to maybe our we'll we'll do our top six because there's only six of them uh is the amazing theater experiences that these bring the first time you watch them what mm. what i what i don't think happen in a lot of other movies like again you've got your marvel your mcu sort of outstanding elements of cinema but when i watched uh rogue nation last is it rogue nation no, yeah, it is. yeah yeah rogue nation uh why isn't henry cavill on that is Henry Cavill Rogue Nation or is that Ghost Protocol? No, um, I've got Cavill's a... Fallout. Fallout, sorry, sorry. Yeah, my, I must have mm. deleted that here that I had up. But yeah, so with, with Fallout, I don't think I've had a better cinematic experience than that, if, yeah. if that makes sense. Like, I remember in that cinema, just the way that music builds and the fast pacedness of the story. And whether it's again, like, I even just forgot now and it's coming to my head is when they're uh, skydiving out of the plane in full out and mm. they run out of oxygen. Yeah, and Cavill passes out. And and Cavill passes out yeah. and stuff. And I'm like, that even was unreal. And then it just, you move straight away into that like dance club scene. And then you go into the toilet scene where they're having the fight. And it's like, yeah. that, it just goes scene to scene to scene. And I know people always say like the mixtape needs to build, but that movie just builds for me the whole way through. And yeah. I, again, like you say to people, and we always say for games or movies, I wish I could experience that again, that first time mm. as I watched that movie, because there's real genuine threats. Uh, the other thing that I want to just uh, touch on before we go through and you shout out with any of the other yeah. Um, yeah. things is, actually, I've got two here. All the action sequences make sense to me. Like nothing is too unrealistic. Yeah. Despite people, you know, getting hit by cars a couple of times or bombs. Or yeah, something. yeah. But it, it because they go with that ultra realism that Tom's doing the stunts. It feels mm. again like third one. They're on that bridge and he's getting bombed and shot at, and like he's hitting cars. Now you're gonna be broken ribs and all this crap, but it feels semi real to mm. me. Like again, they get out of situations like again the Kremlin blows up in the fourth one, and they get just get out. You, you feel the semi-realisticness because Tom does get banged around and he is in hospital. Like I think I hate about as much as I love the James fast Bond movies or... is oh, yeah. they get, no, but they get, they get punched and they just get up. They feel like there's no element of like someone is actually beaten and bruised and feeling effects of the situations. 
Like, yes. ag- again, I'm just throwing shit because, again, like, we've watched these movies a couple of times lately. It's like, if Tom dies, you feel the element of, like, he is slower in the next scene or, like, the next couple of minutes, like, he is dazed hmm. when they bring him back to life. Whereas I feel like in some other movies, it'd be like, okay, I'm back up because we've shot this scene. Yeah, he's vulnerable, ago. isn't he? Like James Bond, you know, he's going to gun everyone. Mm. Yeah. And we've shot this scene two months ago. So, oh, we just, and now we're into it. Now I'm up and about. Whereas it feels like, even though they might have shot these scenes months apart, Tom wants that ultra realisticness of going, well, what happened in the last scene that we did? Or if we're shooting this before that scene, like, how am I supposed to feel? And and you can sort of feel that, I think. So, uh, last thing I think that is great is Benji. Uh, I know I'm just wafting, but Simon Pegg is excellent in this series. He is. And, and you yeah. sort of, despite him being a uh, commuter, computer, I wouldn't say nerd, but genius in a way, I think we as the, the audience sort of get put into Benji's shoes a lot of the time as mm. the, the average person on an IMF team. Because you're not the most, <laughs> but like we always think I could be a secret agent, couldn't you, Jack? You always like, yeah, or maybe you are a secret agent. Um, yeah. But but no, I mean, we always have an yeah. element of okay, like that's what we we you think you could do this, but you put yourself yeah. in Benji's shoes and you go like, he's making it up on the fly too, despite yeah. him being great at these computer stuff. When he has to go out into the field, he's you and me. I yeah, think his thought processes are just yeah. like thinking, fuck, oh shit, you know, yeah. 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 Whereas you go, Tom's, uh, Ethan Hunt is in there and you go, he's got 20, 30 years of experience. Like he knows what he's doing or even he says sometimes he just makes it up as he goes and he just, mm. you can't think about all this sort of stuff. But anything else, Jack, before we sort of go into a bit of a ranking system? Um, well, as we go on the rankings, we can go into a bit more detail. Mm. So um, these, we've ranked the top six Mission Impossibles. So if you're thinking about which one to watch, um, you can go for our number one, but we'll start with our number six. And I think it'll be similar to how we've been going with the countdowns. I might can, be wrong. Yeah. Can I just say, Jack, too, for everyone yeah. here who's, uh, if you're listening to us now and you haven't seen the Mission Impossibles, I would recommend watching them in order of release, though, if yeah. you're going to. But if you've got one movie you want to watch today, watch our number one. So mm. I think that's where Mission Impossible, the only real consistent character is really Tom Cruise across all six. You've got Ving Rhames or whatever as Luther, and he's in, I'm not sure if he's number three. He's in all of them because he he jumps into three um, in little periods of it, but he's not a a main character. So he's there though. He's he's in all of them. He's a main in the rest. So him and Cruise are kind of the main things that keep it all together. And I guess in three, four, five, and six, you know, they've had Simon Pegg yeah. as also another consistent character. But beyond that, and maybe Jer- Jeremy Renner in four or five, but beyond that, there's not many much consistency across the characters no. for that development. No, mm. and I think the thing even with Renner is like quickly is, I actually think Renner is best, some of his best performances are in this because oh, he yeah, yeah, yeah. feels like a, uh, I think he's a better Robin than Batman, but I think he's an unreal Robin to like he can play that second guy in a lot of these action movies like i think he's great mm. as hawkeye but if he had to be captain america i don't think he could do it and mm. that's rough to one of a, a very good I actor think, i think that shows as well in the born legacy yeah he was no matt damon he you know he gave it his best shot he was great and i love that movie but yeah. he didn't convey the star power no. or the you know the acting that yeah and and that's where i think with this tv series again this is just not rem- 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 chat, but like a hawkeye show 
I think he still has to be the Batman, sorry, the Robin to the other Hawkeye that's cut, he's being trained because I think that's, that's where he works best. But so what's your, it's weird. I've got my list here is one, two, three, four, five. But then it's like, yeah, so let's go. So what's your so your, number six on my list? So last on my list was Mission Impossible 2. Correct. That's the same with me here. So Mission Impossible 2, you know, like I said, released in the year 2000 and it's a sign of the times. You know, they've changed the intro to be yeah. instead of dun dun, it's all techno and, yeah. you know, he's wearing sunglasses for 95% of the movie to look cool. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's just not quite there. The action scenes, it's directed by uh, John Woo. I'm not sure who directs a lot of martial art films. Yeah. Loves the slow motion. And it, he implements it in this film during some of the action scenes. And it doesn't quite work. Some of the slow motion implemented. I thought the antagonist was a bit boring. Um, some cool stunts, like the rock climb at the beginning. That was one of Cruz's, one of his first stunts yeah. too, doing the rock climbing scene at the beginning. Um, but yeah, I think some of the action scenes, like the bike scene at the end was overly long and shot weirdly to hide Cruz's face in it as well. You could tell it wasn't Cruz the whole time. Yeah. So there's, you know, some back, you know, you see the back of some cars just to hide his face at times when he's on the bike. Um, and the, you know, the ending fight isn't, doesn't, didn't grab me either. What did you think? No, so I haven't watched this one as lately and I feel like it's one of those movies that you just sort of, you can pop it on and you'll watch, but if you've got six or five other better films, you mm. sort of put that on. I think, like you said, it's, they tried to do something different. Tom's got his long hair. It's like, it's, it's the classic 2000 for me. Sort of yeah, movie. You've yeah. got a Duggery Scott as you sort of bad guy. This is sort of pre him. Cause he was going to be Wolverine. Uh, from <coughs> Was he? Oh, yeah. Okay. Duggery Scott was going to be Wolverine again. We're not going to do much fact checking here, so anyone who's listening, just tell us if we're one hundred percent wrong. It's one hundred percent fine to do. We're not we're not claiming to be one hundred percent right on all our statistics. But no, I think I think this movie sort of shows, and this is why they needed to change the tone. I think a little bit because again, number one is a different sort of feels like a different tone now. To, to two has a bit of a different tone. Then we move to three, and the tone sort of changes again, and the way it's shot. And and this is one thing that I did like prior to the sixth one coming in was every film did have a different director though. Well, what I kind mm. of did, I did like and enjoy because it gave a different spin on these characters that don't need to be in a niche tone. Whereas, no, and, and a style. So it's like, let's see all these different directors opinions on it. And I think JJ Abrams does a good one with three because he changes it again and, and how, how, how we move on from there. So I personally, I like the movie. It's fine. It's not my favourite, but I think also if we went back as ourselves now as kids of the 90s, I don't know how many 2000 movies we would really enjoy, if that makes sense. Yeah. Especially action movies, because we, especially 96. <coughs> it's like when our parents want to sit down and show us old films. We should go, but we can watch the ones from now. They're better, unless they really have a real nostalgia feel to it and smash it at that time. Again, it's not, it's not my favourite. So. Yeah, because it was the highest grossing movie of 2000, Mission Impossible yeah. 2. So it did something right. But yeah, I think, it did. It made yeah. $546.4 million at the box office. Yeah, yeah. So I think, you know, it's, the, it's by far, you know, the least of my favourites. But yeah, obviously did well at the box office, you know, which obviously led on to the third one. And it was filmed in Australia too. So it's bonus points for that. Just about yeah. to say, we're in, uh, in Sydney, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's all in Sydney and some of the outback. Yeah, yeah. Get around, Tom. 
And yeah. And he's probably living in Sydney. Good on him. Uh, <laughs> so what's your number five? My number five is the first Mission Impossible. I think we're on the same. I'm going to be intrigued to yeah. see if we're all on the same point here. Yeah, so I, yeah, we'll see. But yeah, first Mission Impossible, watching it the other night. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of the characters in the first don't actually make it back to any part of the series. You yeah. know, introduces all these new characters who, without yeah. giving too many spoilers, are set up and die within the first yeah. know, 25 minutes of the film yeah. um, because they're trying to find a mole in their um, IMF. And Tom Cruise is the only last survivor. So IMF think he's the mole. Yeah. Um, and it turns out to be John Voight at the end without you know, too many spoilers there. Yeah. But I think with the first one, you've probably seen this as well, yeah. that all the modern technology is essentially just Cruise using the internet. And yeah. you know, us, oh, that's fancy. You can, you yeah. can use the internet and you can type in secret passwords and stuff. And, you know, all the technology is so outdated. Yeah, at the time, I'm sure that was high tech. You know, they oh. had a PC laptop using the internet. It was like, wow. I think that's the the weird thing with this series is you see it grow. Like we said mm. even before with gadgets is because the first one is 96 and then now one is 2018. It is yeah. just the such polar opposites in what is cool and what is not. But obviously in 96, like you said, that stuff's unreal because the internet yeah, yeah. is not a huge thing at that point or even like the phones they use and all these different things. And especially the mask reveals back then would have been unreal for everyone. Because it's like, what, yeah. the, what the hell is going on? Like, <laughs> whereas now we look at it and at least they show in the present movies how they're made because you go, oh, okay, like we can see the cool sort of yeah. the way it's done. Whereas in the older ones, it's like, oh, okay, well, like, how is that even possible? But I guess that's sort of how cinema and, and stuff was going there. Yeah, anyway, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And, you know, like I said, he did his first water tank run away, you yeah. know, in that beginning, one of those first scenes is his first kind of stunt, he wouldn't attempt for the series, which, you know, pales in comparison to some of, you know, the later entries. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, I think as a film, I think some of the action scenes, you know, the one where he's, you know, where he's coming from the ceiling, you know, in yeah. the, kind of the white room is kind of iconic. Uh, but in terms of the action set pieces, there's the bit at the end, I'm not sure how much you remember this, but he's on the train chasing John Voight and a helicopter comes through the tunnel. Yeah. At the same time, well, and it's following him and trying to get him with the blades inside the tunnel while he's on the train. That bit is probably the only bit in the whole franchise that probably looks really fake to me. Yeah. Clearly green screen. And I think that's 1996 in a nutshell. It is. If, it if is, you're yeah. doing that now, Tom would probably be like, okay, you're getting the helicopter in the tunnel and, <laughs> and I'm going to be there and I'm going to be jumping out of the way, hanging on. You've got to get yeah. so close though. You've got to get it so close, but we're going to do the stunt. Okay. We're going to do one, one take. That, that's, <laughs> I think that's the difference um, in, in it all because there is, it's, but that's 1996. And I think sometimes like we always say with other action movies, you can tell 1996 to even 2006, the 10 year difference between one and three is, is huge. Um, mm. Just with how all that's sort of done. So what's your, number four my number four this this let, let me just say this was really tricky um but it was uh mission impossible five rogue nation Ooh. yes okay i struggled with this let me say it was a very close between this one and the next one yeah um but yeah i and fyi i went to the red carpet premiere in new york city for this one so not that i'm boasting so actually um, yeah, I did. I did. 
um, and cruise and all that stuff were there. So, but it's my, yeah, it's my least. You didn't go to the cinema. You were just on the, oh, you were just on the red carpet. I didn't go into the cinema. I saw it after this, after yeah. the red carpet, but not with, yeah, but Tom Cruise and all the celebs were there and I was in the yeah. red carpet. So that was kind yeah. of, cool. yeah. Um, but no, this one is just a bit lower on my list. Uh, just because I thought some of the set pieces, I oh know some actually I'll take the back. Set pieces were incredible. You know, like I said, the water yeah. scene where he's trying to do that and the big bit where he's tied into the plane at the beginning, yeah. all amazing. It's just, I think more so in comparison to the others in terms of what they've done for the franchise, this is just kind of like, yes, it's a fantastic film, but not doesn't have some of my favourite, you know, action pieces and the story wasn't amazing. Yeah. But yeah, what do you think? Yeah. Uh, so I, I, this is my number three and I think your number three will be my number four. So yeah. we'll, we'll keep checking on this way. I, I think this movie is, it's not as good as the other ones that are coming through. It's still mm. such an easy watch for me. And the way that Christopher Christopher McQuarrie Christopher, uh, Christopher yeah. gets it's a bit of actually a tongue twister, sort of I think once Rebecca Ferguson comes in, the story sort of it's someone who you feel can stand up to Tom Cruise, to Ethan Hunt's mm. character, uh, from a female perspective. Whereas I feel like all the other female characters have been there, but haven't been at his level. Whereas you feel like this she can really meet it with Ethan Hunt at this point. The story is it moves very quickly, and I really, really enjoy. I think for me, the my top three are closer to the top than uh, the other. The three are closer to the to the bottom. So I, I really do love this movie, and the set pieces are great. Jeremy Renner is unreal. You get Ving Rhames gets a little bit more to do as his character in this one. Simon Pegg is also very good. And I think the Benji and Ethan Hunt dynamic is great. Uh, yeah. In this, also, what's his bloody name? Uh, Alec Baldwin jumps into the series now with this one. How the IMF yeah. is disbanded again. And that's another thing. I think that's why it's a bit lower down on my list because I think Jeremy Renner and Alec Baldwin's storyline of you yeah. know being in the court talking about the yeah. events of the previous film yeah. take away a little bit um, from the main events happening. And yeah. I would have liked to see Renner in the action personally after seeing number four. Yeah. And he's just been taken out of it entirely. I think that's kind of maybe if it, I had an issue, yeah. it would be that. I think was was a bit of that also to do with the fact that Renner couldn't be there. For, I think that was might have been a bit of shooting uh, conflicts. He might have actually. Yeah, yes, so that he, yeah. their script had to be changed just like a little bit because I've got a sneaking suspicion, even though the Benji and Ethan dynamic is unreal, maybe in earlier ones, it might have been a bit more of like an Ethan and Jeremy Renner sort of thing and you would have had Benji be back dealing with all this other sort of stuff um, in in Washington or wherever they're based. I don't even know where they're based in the end anyway. I'm guessing it's Washington. Um, so, no, I think one thing that I love across the whole series is, is that I think Solomon Lane is a very, uh, as the bad guy, he's very formidable. He's, uh, I do enjoy him as a character. Mm. And you He's feel, creepy, isn't he? He's, he mm. you, you don't feel like he can match Ethan on a physical level, but I feel thing, like yeah. he can match him. Intellectually. On, yeah, mm. an intelligent level. So, for mm. me, that's what I love. And there's obviously moments where I think you sort of forget the ending of that film because of all the set pieces prior. So that one is again, like with the bomb and how they're 
they're chasing him through the streets. I don't know of what location. I can't remember exactly. Oh, that was just in London. I believe that was in London, yeah. yeah, yeah. And he, they're chasing him and they lure him into a hole and he's yeah. caught in the glass box. Yeah. yeah. And and I think how, when you rewatch that, you sort of notice the fact that Solomon Lane isn't trying to kill Ethan at this point. He's trying to sort of torture him in a way. Like, he has opportunities to shoot him. Uh, and he's, like, just missing, you know, the classic. It's not like a stormtrooper miss where the guys are shooting because <laughs> these guys are all these guys are all unreal serial killers in the end mm. and, and agents but he's trying to i'm guessing solomon lane would have said he had other ideas of what to do next to ethan but the way that ethan's always one step ahead even though it looks like he's one step behind i think is sometimes mm. the best part in this series now yeah, no, that's a great point great point yeah you sort of feel he's out of place and but he, he's always sort of getting there but he's also sometimes feel like he's doing it on the fly so i think for this movie it sets up the syndicate what goes through the sixth one um what i think is also good i'm just i'm a massive fan of rebecca ferguson when she comes into the scene that's her breakout role in cinema uh, i really believe and i think yeah. she's great underwater scene is good morocco chase sequences it's got my notes here it's also good you see tom on a bike again as we've already spoken about with no helmet sometimes you just go this guy what is he doing and i feel like even though some of it would be cg uh with the mm. between cars and stuff those oh yeah but those, still for those mm. wide shots are him driving and you understand yeah, whereas that stuff is is great that's what I, I do truly love so i think there's this is my third one um so what's your third and i'm presuming that might be my fourth yeah so my third is uh, mission impossible three yeah that's that's yeah. my fourth so mm. i think the first thing that comes to mind uh in this one is the disguises through the whole film and yeah. I think this is also encompasses all of Mission Impossible, but it's sort of like the art of teamwork in all of this because Ethan can't do all this stuff by himself. Mm. It, it is, and it really shows that I think maybe even in the first couple, it's not as as important, but this one is all, this is all about Ethan and his team. This is, yeah. again, whichever characters that are, are used in this one. So I'm going at six one here. But like Kerry Russell's in it for us in the start. Jonathan Rhys Myers, this is sort of like his time in the middle of the noughties. That was like a Jonathan Rhys Myers sort of time. Yeah, that was, was probably, yeah, yeah. He was going to be like a big action star. But you really see the weight and how skilled an actor Philip Seymour Hoffman is. In oh, he would see that. Movie. Yeah, he, he made it for me. He's yeah. fantastic. Fantastic bad guy. Because again, he's a bad guy who has no chance of physically matching it with Ethan Hunt. But just he's scary, skilled, the the tone that he portrays. And you look at the way J.J. Abram comes in and the way you're thrown straight in in this open mm. and you're like far out. This is a different series now, like straight yeah, away. It's like, scary, isn't it? You know, yeah. he's sitting there in the seat. She's over there. He's yeah. saying counting down, you know. Yeah. And, and you're like far out. What the fuck is bloody going on? But mm. then uh, you're just going to like normal life. It's Ethan... Mm. They're at an engagement party, I think it is, again. Yeah, with this new yeah. wife. Or, yeah. And Michelle. it's like, boom. But mm. uh, am I wrong to say, is Michelle in any of the earlier ones or is that her first No, one? she's not. The third yeah. one's her first one. First one. Yeah. yeah, so that's that's where I was a little bit like, okay. I remember watching it the first time. I'm like, oh, okay, maybe. Pardon me. Yeah, it's um, a bit of a time skip, you know, in terms yeah. of the story. 
between you're still them. Like, oh, okay. This is this is what it is. So no, I think what a especially that start shows again what the tonal the, the, the tonal change. Mm-hmm. Now, I think some of my favourite things with Tom, and you've probably got more because this is your third one, is a good old Tom Cruise running scene, especially yeah they, yeah. Uh, now, again, sorry for anyone listening because it's like now I am fact-checking. But are they running in Thailand or is it in... Uh, um, oh, in the third one. Third one, Shanghai? Yeah, Shanghai, I'm pretty... Yeah, no, Shanghai. no. Yeah, Shanghai. It's a small yeah. village outside yeah, Shanghai. Yeah. yeah. So, but that scene where Tom's running and it's that wide shot and, like, he's trying to get to his wife. Oh, next to the river. And, yeah, river, yeah. yeah. And you go and he's jumping over things, running, you go... That's Tom running and he's running and there's no like difference in, there's no editing techniques to this where he's just jogging and they're making him go faster in post. Like that's like a one minute shot of Tom just running at full pelt. And imagine if he's done that, like this is where you'd hate to be a director sometimes, but also having Tom there, you'd be like, he'd probably do it again. If you went to him and be like, yeah, Tom, I'm not happy with that. Um, like the way you ran past that person, like, can you go do it again? I'm sure he'd be like, probably okay, just this morning run and like get the cameras from, get the cameras from. Yeah, yeah. He's like, you know, what? chuck me in the car. Let's go straight back to the start. And he go, okay, and go. He'd probably do it 10, yeah. 15 times. He's run like 10 k's, but it feels like every time. <laughs> again, this is the moments where you think you could do this, and I think this yeah. is what this series pulls a little bit sometimes. It's like we said earlier in the pod is you feel like you could do this, but I feel like imagine you and me, Jack, going, you know what, let's see how far we can run at like a full pelt if we needed to. I know there's adrenaline and stuff can pop into you too, but yeah. God, he's just running. Like we yeah, could cross rooftops and, you know, different and stuff things like too. that. So why do you love this one, Jack? Well, I think it's because I think a bit of nostalgia too, being the first one I saw, but it also does is the first one that, like I said, does keep the tone for the future movies as well. Yeah. You know, that opens up dark, you think shit, yeah. you know, he's got his wife, he's about to shoot her, you hit the bang shot, yeah. theme starts. Um, and I think some of the action sequences, like as he in Shanghai, when he's dropping down on the rope, yeah. trying to get the rabbit's foot, I think is a pretty amazing stunt. Um, and I like the fact that the stakes are high because he is married, does have this wife, yeah. you know, he's strong. He could easily defeat Philip Seymour Hoffman as the villain. Yeah. But, because of his wife he's vulnerable and that's how he gets above above him in a way by keeping her hostage towards the end of the film so in the end i think with this and tell me if i'm wrong here i think the third one sort of pushes away from the other movies are about like you know stopping the bomb or stopping this what there's an element Mm. of the rabbit's foot in this but this story is more of tom cruise saving his wife or like Mm. ethan hunt saving his wife now there's the rabbit's foot and how he has to do that to get to his wife but I feel like even like the fourth one is all about, okay, we've got to stop something hitting New York. Or the sixth one is a massive nuclear explosion. Yeah. Whereas this one has the rabbit's foot, but we don't really know, like, what is the rabbit's foot in the end? Like, there's no real, it's like just a MacGuffin. It's like... Yeah, essentially. It's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's not, like, again, it's life or death and world situation. But this is more about, like, Ethan saving his wife in the end with all this other stuff sort of going on, sort of connected around it by the same sort of bad guy um, trying to get to it. So, and this again sort of brings the elements of uh, shady double crossing from agents and who to trust and etc. What I think is it's a, it is a good, good film and hmm. it's a lovely, uh, lovely watch. Uh, I think when yeah. you go back and look at something, you go, this is really one of the, 
a great action movie for that time. Didn't do as well at the box office though. Uh, no, as the earlier ones. So that's a bit of no, a. They only made back just what well, it was on a budget of one hundred and fifty million and made just under four hundred million yeah, so, on its original run. So. So in the end, I think it, it still has a, a really great place in the series, and I think that was yeah. between our third and fourth. But now this and is and I love JJ. So you know. yeah, JJ's great. Mm-hmm. So what is your second one, Jack? Um, my second one. Now this, let me just say, this is really tough. Actually, no, you know, it wasn't tough. My second one is Fallout, Mission Impossible 6, Fallout. Okay. Mm. Well, I know you probably, yeah. I know Fallout is my, my number one. And so yeah. this is where we'll just discuss number four. And these are very close to me because I did watch Ghost Protocol again uh, three or four nights ago. And I love that movie. So do you want to chat Ghost Protocol then number six? Yeah. So your number two was Ghost Protocol? Yeah. 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 So that's my number one, just for anyone wondering. So... Yeah, I, I, you know how you were saying you're in the cinema and you have this amazing experience in the cinema? It was me for watching Ghost Protocol. Yeah. Um, I think, if not, one of my favourite scenes ever where um, Ethan Hunt's going up the Burj Khalifa or whatever yeah. it is, the one in yeah. Um, Dubai, yeah. Yeah. climbing that, you know, with his handprints going up. If it's ready, falls green, you know, he's good to go. And, you know, he's trying to meet with an assassin in the meantime while he's trying to climb up the building. I think that's probably one of my favourite action scenes ever and the opening up where he's in the prison and he you know starts playing the music and he's beating everyone up as he tries to get the prisoner out no i just think yeah yeah Some I, of the I set think that burj khalifa scene nails for me what the imf and what this series is about though the the thing i like about this this series too is getting to i love the payoff of like a, a double cross but i also love to see the setup and I think that Burj Khalifa scene where they're sitting there in that hotel room and things are going right and then things are going wrong where Benji's like, oh, we have to go from the outside. And everyone's like, oh, for God's sake. Like, now they've got to think. And you see them thinking on their feet, sort of in similar to real time, going, mm. okay, shit, we're going to have to go from the outside now. And then they're looking. Again, there's an element of cinematic 20 minutes because they're like, we're meeting in 20. But then you see them going like, okay, well, we've got to... I like seeing the setup of we're changing the door numbers. Like we're changing the elevator numbers. Mm. Like I yeah, like yeah, the setup cool. of all that sort of stuff. And I think that for me is interesting in cinema because some directors would go away and go like, okay, we're going to say we're having meetings at the same time and then we'll just show the meetings at the same time. But by actually seeing them set up and see what they're going through, you also get to see the elements of the like paper that is copying and their glasses and the things in their eyes you get to see them all ready to do that stuff. What I think is an mm. unreal Brad Bird did a very good job. And these two movies, now I'm more thinking about it. I go, this can easily be my number one for a cinematic experience. But that's what I loved about this one because especially that set piece, because you know, he's done it. You know, he's standing on the, he's hanging on the outside of a bloody, the biggest building in the world. Yeah, and that can yeah. only be Tom Cruise doing that. So it's, it, it's just a great, great movie that gets you from on the edge of your seat. And now I think the only thing that I didn't like as much about it, but then I'm also being cliche because it happens in my number one is the old classic. Last minute last world minute saving. saving. It's like, yeah. oh, <laughs> God, guys. Yeah. And I think I love that scene because it's again, you're talking fallout and you're talking helicopter falling and stuff. But that moment when I rewatch him get in that car and go, oh shit, I'm going to have to fall 10 flights of stairs yeah. or 10 yeah. levels 
to then go and stop this briefcase. I'm like, Tom, just don't do it. Like, really? Like, like he's dead. He has to die. Like, <laughs> like there's, uh, there's elements. I'm like, you just didn't need to make it as high either. Like, I would have nearly preferred if he was just three stories. Like, I'm yeah, yeah, level building here. And there's no way you're surviving that in a car, even with an airbag. Like, yeah. And then yeah, getting up. Pretty... But that's, that's the suspension of disbelief also in small elements of it so yeah but even that fight scene at the end where he is in the you know the, yeah. the car you know the car dealership or was that you know multi-level yeah, car, park, park yeah multi-level car yeah. Park they have. yeah yeah and fighting over and you know he stops the bomb from hitting san francisco by what second yeah, yeah. but yeah and i mean the villain isn't overly intimidating either either but no. it's just the you know it's just the adrenaline getting you pumping you know will he save the day obviously he will but uh, no, no, I think just out of all the movies, it has the best set pieces. It introduces yeah. um, Jeremy Renner. Renner and yeah. I thought he was fantastic. I hope he comes back um, for seven and eight. But uh, yeah, no, I just, yeah, just one of the faves. For me, yeah, I just think these movies, uh, this one here changes the series also in that next point and moves it into the 10s, into the 2010s, I think really, into mm. something that is a bit of a cinematic masterpiece. And I feel like, like what movies has Brad Bird done besides that and the um oh no because he did Tomorrowland didn't he after he's this? done Incredibles too, no, so I mean, yeah so we're saying besides Incredibles else. he did Iron oh, yeah. but yeah Tomorrowland I feel like if he sticks more to this stuff this can be really um really his sort of niche because he doesn't do many things Brad Bird it's Iron Giant what is he again a a great movie Incredibles a great Ratatouille but Ghost Protocol is is unreal. So, just what a what a cinematic masterpiece, though. Just as mm, you go it's, through, it's just it's just great. And and I think the best thing about all these movies is, and I think obviously we said before, cinematic masterpieces, is I feel like the two hours they run for feels like it goes so quickly. Yeah, yeah. And I'm always just, checking my watch. I'm yeah. almost hoping that there's more time to for the film rather than checking it. For the and, and there's an element of like a popcorn flick and a big Coke. But I feel like even if you needed to pee, <laughs> you're not peeing in these movies because you got anything I miss. Seriously, it can, it can be vital to, to everything now. So I'd be crossing my legs for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's even getting me to talk about this now. I'm crossing my legs. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> we, anyway, <laughs> uh, we digress. So now yes, yes. you're two, my number one mission impossible fallout. And we, had a bit of a uh, chat. The only thing I, I want to say that I hate about this this movie, and it's not the movie I hate, is I hated the trailer giving away the fact that Henry Cavill is the bad guy. Mm, that was it, a problem. Even yeah. though with this series, you have like a double cross factor. You're like, maybe this seems really early. Like that's mm. when they're, because he's shooting out of the um, helicopter with the bloody machine gun. And yeah, like, yeah. maybe this is like an early sequence. Maybe then they hmm. become friends. Like, maybe he changes, yeah, yeah, rather than the other way around. Yeah. Whereas once you start watching the film, you're like, oh, okay, this is the end sequence. Like, mm. this is what it is. And the only thing that I don't mind about it is they sort of give away Cavill as the bad guy like an hour in when mm. it's the, with the phones and stuff. And you're like, oh, okay, good. Like, I know he's the bad guy. But I didn't know he is going to be like the head of the syndicate, essentially, in a way. Yeah. But for me, this movie was, was my favourite movie of 2018. And wow. it is... Like, what else came out in 2018 anyway? Uh, so I can, um, know, I can justify the fact that... that Infinity uh, War, Will? Yeah. 
Yeah, no, this movie was I liked more than Infinity War. Wow, wow, that's because okay, yeah, but no, what I liked is you know it brought it brought back um, Lane from the fifth film as well, so there was some yeah. consistency there as well because he made a pretty you know creepy bad guy, and it brought back Michelle Monaghan, you know, who was his yeah. wife in the third one. You know, she's no longer with him, but she's found a new boyfriend as we work out towards the end or a new partner. And it's good to have her back as well, just to, you know, keep, you know, the six piece film franchise, you know, some kind of continuous narrative with its characters. So it was good to have her back as well at the end and the same villain as the fifth. Uh, yeah, um, I think, and, yeah, no, I think you're 100% correct there. I think there's just the way this whole series in this one adds in new characters, but connects old characters too so it does feel like it is one series with the interweaving interweavingness of it i think like angela bassett is great when she comes into this i think alec baldwin even gets a sort of bit of a, a payoff in in this yeah movie. i'm just clarified does he die in this he, film i think he does die yeah and, and again it will be the, the eighth one he'll come back and just okay. somehow or however it works but i think he does die because the, even though he's only in it for two, you sort of get his arc. He's sort of finished, and you go, mm. you know what? He believes in the team now, and and he's died for for the team. Yeah. And I, I think obviously they work best when they're up against all odds, and they can't be using uh, the IMF's full sort of resources. But I even think about the Paris sequences in this, where he's getting chased, and you're going, he's going through all the streets, and. It's again Tom Cruise on a bike, and it's ridiculous. But then you get to that moment where he falls off the bike. I'm just thinking again, and then rolls into the camera. Rolls into the cat, yeah. And you just go, like, how is he getting fucking out of this? And then they're off in that water thing, and uh, underwater or uh, in the canal or whatever it is in Paris. I don't even know. And you're just like, yeah, God, this, God, this is good cinema. Just because like yeah. the action set pieces, and it builds and builds and builds. And like I was again just looking at other movies that came out this year or that year in 2018, and I go, no, I am happy that this is it's in it's my number one and it's in my top three, a hundred percent. And just for action movies, I feel like I can pull this one on, and I am just so happy with the whole thing. And again, it's Christopher McQuarrie coming back now. He's again directing number seven and eight, mm -hmm. so now it's sort of him and Tom. They have such a good relationship together that. Mm -hmm. I am happy with sort of how they're pushing this franchise, but bringing back Rebecca Ferguson, cause I'm like, Oh shit. Like, Oh, she's back. Like, what are they trying to do? But how I think five and six are really sort of like an elongated long movie, like mm. a, sort of a part one, part two. I'm hoping seven and eight don't connect too much with these ones though. There's going to be elements of where they are yeah. with uh, the white widow with Vanessa Kirby's character. Cause she is just uh, delightful as an actress, <laughs> uh, Vanessa Kirby is. Yeah, so, all right in Hobbs. Yeah, yeah sure. Mm. Hobbs and Shaw. So she's, she's great. I think this just, and we've spoken about how good this series is over this last hour, but honestly, it's just great. Like Henry Cavill comes now, instead of being uh, an intellectually villain that can beat Ethan intellectually, you have a genuine scare that he can beat him physically. Yeah, it yeah. Will just pummel him, and we see that with again the bathroom scene where he's smashing through. Th like you know, he's, and just he's got the gun scene that you know, yeah. triggers the guns. Yeah, yeah. And you just go, he's a physical problem for him as much yeah. as an intellectual problem because Henry Cavill's character is very smart. This guy, mm. you just go, can batter Ethan Hunt 
in yeah, all, yeah. All, all sequences you go because i've got lanes so they thought you know we can beat we can now beat ethan you know intellectually yeah. Yeah. how can we beat him physically let's get superman and yeah you know, beat him half to death done yeah and the thing i think i love about this franchise is they never back down to the bloody mustache gate and they went no, 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 no. he's our <laughs> yeah. character we're set on this movie if you're going to do reshoots of your movie and I also love how Henry Cavill grew a bloody moustache for it. So pulls it off. Uh, pulls it off just like my my stash that I'm uh, slowly growing now. Yeah, so, sure. No, sure. I think, uh, yeah, shut up. But as, as, <laughs> as cinema goes, I think this is, same with the fourth one, both are in my top five, like maybe even top 10 because I've had some good cinematic experiences, but like so happy to grab a big popcorn and a Coke and some Maltesers and just sit back and let the world just disappear for three hours. I think that's a definition yeah. of just such a great movie. And it is hitting two and a half hours, but I feel like we said on the last one, this could just go, 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 go. And again, last minute, saving the world or saving a continent, like last second. But I also yeah. felt like through the whole thing, I knew he was going to do it, but then also I'm like, is he going to do it? Like mm. there's a because they need that Infinity War moment, don't they? Where that something actually doesn't turn out right, and yeah. I feel like that might be in store for Mission Impossible Seven. Well, you know back what? To back with eight. Again, I, I think you're probably right on that, but I'm even forgetting at the start of this one where they say the world's been blown up by those three bombs with the nuclear weapons, and mm. and then you've got the newsreader reading it, even though you're like. Oh, okay, maybe that has happened. Like, I genuinely, when I'm sitting in the cinema, I'm like, far out. They've lost the three nuclear, whatever uh, thing. Yeah, yeah, the beginning. The, the yeah, plutonium. Yeah. And I'm like, shit, yeah. maybe they did stuff up. Like, mm. far out. Like, was yeah. it London or whatever's been destroyed? And then you get the music drumming up again, and then the walls fall down, and they're like, oh, well, we've played the this bad guy, like we've played him and I'm like, God, this series is great. Like, I know that's what makes it good. Isn't it? You always know only part of their plan and they're always two steps ahead of the audience and the bad guy. And you don't realize that to the final moment when you think they're fucked. Yeah. And that's what I, yeah, that's what I just love because it's just like, okay, shit. Now there's stuff now. And then there's obviously the elements of like action movies where I'm just thinking again at the end, Oh, we've got to set off the nuclear weapons to stop them. I'm like, okay. Like, they finally find a way to stop it all. But then this one, like we spoke about earlier with the stunts and just his running through uh, London again, it's like, far <laughs> out, this stuff is great. But just the way it opens and the way it, like, it's, it's just such a good, good, good movie. And I remember watching it with my dad the first time and you sort of, you want to watch the movie, but you also want to see someone else's uh, experience of what's going on. And I think for me, sometimes that is, is the beauty of, of these movies is sometimes you just want to see someone else have their first time uh, mm. of watching, of watching the series, but any final comments, Mace, uh, on the mission? Um, series? No, other than that, I think, yeah, if you've, I definitely, like you said, recommend watching all in order, but if you only have time for one or yeah. two, I think four or six. Yeah. Um, yeah. It'd probably be up. Yeah. Uh, yeah well. And I'd probably watch them. I would watch, four then six if you're going to yes, do some yeah, sort of yeah. little, little bit of a chronologically as you can yeah. but yeah um, but overall yeah. i think just before we finish off too we just say about mission possible seven and eight like you were starting before yeah. 
And because they were planning, as you know, originally for 23rd of July, 2021 release and a 5th of August, 2022 release for Mission Impossible yeah. 8. How do you think these dates will change? Uh, I think there's obviously an element to it that's, that's going to happen. Uh, they probably get pushed back a year, I think, like most things uh, mm. at the moment. So it's, it's, a, it's a struggle. Like it's, it's going to be a, a problem. Like I think for most of these things now, they'll they'll push. I reckon in the end they just push back a year on everything. Mm. So release date might be twenty twenty two then in twenty twenty three. Yeah, just because I just don't see in the end them getting a full uh, amount of production in in time. But as they pull in, so again, what who's coming back for the next one? A hundred percent. Tom Cruise obviously, Simon Pegg, Rebecca Ferguson, uh, Vanessa Kirby's also coming back. What's a, a good addition? Yeah. Hayley Atwell is joining the series. Tom uh, Clemtoneff, who is, what's her, she's Mantis. Oh, Mantis from Guardians, yeah. yeah. Uh, Nicholas Holt, so I'm thinking he is the, beast, bad, yeah. uh, the bad guy. And then Shay yes, Wingham. So, but he is, where is Shay's in a, a lot of random, a lot of random stuff. <laughs> so, uh, just a generic, he's, once you see his face, you, you know who he is. You know, know, know who he is. So yeah. as, as a series is sort of coming through, I go, unreal. Like, I'm just so yeah. excited for where they can go next. What happens yeah. is maybe a, a little bit in, we're not sure, but I think you're correct in your point of saying that something will happen at the end of seven that will push us into eight and how that goes from there, I'm not sure, but something bad will happen in the end of seven and yeah we'll have to go from there but i don't think that's we'll, what yeah yeah we'll we'll have it too bad but something bad will happen yeah yeah because that's what made you know the you know, avengers work so well they were they were self-contained yet they still continued on from one another yeah unlike you know something like another movies you know that was shot back to back you know like the matrix that was horrible with reloaded and revolutions and the way they cut that point off between the two movies so if they do it really well that's great and it looks like they they were shooting in Venice as well, shooting a carnival sequence before uh, the corona hit. So, you know, going to Italy for the seventh. So that's yeah, be exciting right. to see what happens. All right. So no, I'm I'm excited for this series and where it goes next is always going to be the most uh, interesting. Yeah, we we'll uh, just have to wait. Yeah, have to wait and see. So, mate, we'll fi- we'll finish off there because we've. We've really got into the series now and it's one of our favourite ones. So again, the most important thing is the interaction with you guys, the fans. So again, at whatever time you're listening to this, whether in a year or two or whenever, at Screen Blend, screen underscore blend, and give us your top six or your favourite one, why you love Mission Impossible or why you don't love it, 100%. You might not enjoy these films, but we're saying hopefully you 100% will. You do. Uh, Mason, (laughs) uh, sign off for me on your end now yeah yeah so um everyone thanks for listening and uh we'll be back next week for another episode that we'll let you know in the coming days of the content and uh yeah if you're bored in isolation give mission Impossible a watch when you can yeah i think that's uh 100 right so jack just signing off yourself what's your twitter handle again uh, yeah no jackie boy 22 anymore at yeah. uh, jack underscore mason 22 on insta and twitter and then yeah screenblend.net it's finally been updated with our podcast. So Has, check it out there. And um, for me, it will be cut on both platforms. And again, yeah, just get in contact with us. Make sure you stay safe, wash your hands, eat healthy, 
and use this time everyone to catch up on some of your favorite movies and tv shows and if you are catching up on stuff uh again like we said get in contact with us and give us and tell us what you think so uh until we speak to you guys next week stay safe and enjoy Ta-da.